Good Monday morning. This is the first uh, missional community leader coaching podcast uh, for the X13 Network. And uh, so you know who you are that are probably listening to this one. And, uh, you know, uh, hopefully this will be a, a tool that you will be able to use and leverage uh, as we are all leading uh, missional communities uh, wherever we may be. In, in the X13 network. And uh, so just so you guys kind of get a sense of, of how these uh, little podcasts are going to roll, uh, we are uh, going to spend a few minutes just kind of talking about important announcements or just kind of context things that, that we need to make sure that, that we communicate throughout the network each week. Um, and then we're going to look at uh, this week's passage give you uh, some just some rundown on uh, on some things that I've been thinking about uh, the particular passage and uh, uh, and hopefully that will spur you to thinking about it and uh, pondering it during the week especially if you are uh, teaching this weekend um, if you're not teaching this will give you a jump start so that uh, you are uh, able to be uh, more present or even be able to kind of engage, help engage in conversation uh, with the the person who is leading. So uh, yeah, that's, so that's kind of the idea of these podcasts, just, just an opportunity for, for us to engage, for me to, for me to coach you guys a little bit from wherever you're at. And uh, I will also be trying to figure out a way to transcribe this because I know some of you are not auditory learners and uh, you'd prefer to be able to read. So I'm going to figure that piece out as well, or at least just type up a summary of some of the things in this podcast, and they will go into uh, that, uh, the document for, uh, for each passage. So if you're not a part of, uh, if you haven't been added to that group or to that folder for this particular uh, set of conversations, let me know. Uh, but that's going to be in Google Drive, and uh, you should you should already be added. But if you're not, uh, please please let me know. So, uh, all right, important announcements, important things that you guys need to be aware of. Uh, Amy and I are heading out of town uh, today. This is Monday, um, so we're we're bouncing out of town for a couple of days. We should be back Tuesday night, uh, but just just heading out to to replace uh, the car that Ethan destroyed. Um, so we got that happening. Uh, Tuesday night is Doubt on Tap, uh, where there will be a conversation about uh, what's going on in Celine uh, with, with how racism has raised its, its ugly head there um, in just a, a pretty phenomenally real and clear way. And so that conversation is taking place at Doubt on Tap. Uh, Thursday... There will be a recording of uh, the Simple Theologian podcast, me and Pastor Mike. Uh, so watch for that. Um, appreciate it if you guys would, you know, potentially share that on your socials, uh, something along those lines. Friday is when I'll record my personal podcast. Again, uh, if you want to share that on your personals, that'd be sweet. Um, let's see. Uh, Sunday, this Sunday we begin our uh, series on First John. I will also I also begin preaching it at Peace Presbyterian in Flint this Sunday, um, so we kind of have kind of have all that happening. 
um, if uh, you if you need to kind of know or be be refreshed on uh, the the schedule, uh, I will be sending that out as far as who's who's teaching what lessons, uh, who's leading which conversations. Um, so anyway, um, great. Great meeting last night uh, with uh, for our annual meeting. Really appreciate all of your leadership there, Amy and I. Really do feel uh, blessed and uh, very, very loved and very cared for. And uh, yeah, it's it's fun to see all of you uh, really begin to leverage leverage your gifts and skills as leaders. Uh, and so as we as we progress through this Acts 13 network uh, kind of thing. You know, one of the things that that I need you guys to to really remember is uh, as we do this, I'm I am I'm really kind of be leveraging into uh, my my leadership giftings, uh, kind of in that apostolic realm, um, and uh, really looking to uh, try to try to find and raise up leaders. Uh, all over the place as we seek to expand uh, into multiple missional communities, and so, uh, so, so that's it's going to be an important it's going to be an important thing for me, and uh, really, really knowing and trusting uh, that you guys are leveraging into your shepherding and teaching gifts, uh, which, man, it's so I'm so so thankful. Uh, that we are pursuing a leadership structure uh, following the Ephesians chapter 4 uh, gifting sets, right? Apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher, that five-fold ministry. Um, and, uh, and so, uh, you know, kind of my apostolic teaching uh, thing is, is where I'm, because of you guys, I'm able to, to really engage in, in that um, in that area of my leadership, and so I'm, I'm super grateful, and I'm just I'm looking forward to uh, to helping all of you grow in in your shepherding and teaching uh, gifts. And so, uh, as we as we engage in this, please let me know uh, what what I can do to be more helpful, uh, how I can coach you better. Uh, each of you are unique, and each of you have different uh, needs and uh, wants as far as uh, the kind of coaching that that's going to be helpful for you, and so I need you to communicate that to me as you become aware of it. Uh, I know as we go, uh, you're going to find out, you know, you're going you're going to recognize more. Hey, this would have been helpful, so let me know because um, that'll be that'll be really helpful for me uh, to know how to coach you best because I really I really want to love you well, and um, and I really want to prepare each of you uh, to lead well. So. So let's let's be let's be in conversation together um, uh, about how to about how to do that. Um, so, First John, uh, where are we going with this thing? Well, uh, a little bit of background. First uh, John was uh, they're pretty certain written by uh, John, the the disciple, the apostle, the guy that that we see. Um, uh, you know, throughout throughout the Gospels, there that he was an eyewitness of Jesus. You know, he's the he's the beloved disciple that that leaned on Jesus's breast, right, uh, in the, at, at the Lord's Supper. 
uh, there. And um, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of debate. There's some there's some debate about it, but the the similarities between First John and the in the Gospel of John are just so overwhelming. The same kind of motif, same kind of language set, same uh, same just kind of direction of things. Uh, it, it really it really feels like uh, they are written by the same guy, and 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 there's 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 pretty pretty much uh, scholarly consensus that that the Gospel of John was written by written by John. So. There's some some scholars kind of more on the uh, I guess you could say progressive or liberal side of things that you know they, they date they date all the gospels so late that none none of them could have been written by who uh, traditionally we've said that the church has said they they've been written by and some of their arguments are are okay uh, I just I don't find them the most uh, the most compelling so John is probably uh, He's most likely the author of of the Gospel of John, First John, Second John, Third John, uh, and and the Book of Revelations. So those that's that's who the author is. Uh, these are First uh, John is a general epistle. It's just kind of written written to the church at large. Um, it's it's one of I think uh, it's just John, First John, and uh, Hebrews uh, that doesn't open with a, a traditional greeting. And uh, he just kind of jumps right in, uh, so it's almost like it, it almost kind of has a feeling of of a addendum or um, uh, like an like a postlog, an epilogue for for the Gospel of John, right? And uh, it's almost kind of like a hey, here I wrote this gospel. Now let me uh, okay, we've we've been at it for a few years. Let's let me let me tell you a few things. Um, there's a pretty good, pretty good argument made that uh, there were some false teachers that had cropped up, uh, really kind of pushing against basic gospel ideas, and uh, and we see those, you know, right here at the beginning uh, of the letter, uh, where he where he has these little introductory phrases. If we claim uh, in verse six, if we claim in verse eight, if we claim in verse ten, and and he counters those. And he spends spends much of the much of the letter kind of countering uh, these these ideas. So uh, we are um, as as we work through this, we're following. Uh, I'm following John Stott's lead uh, in his in his little commentary, his little Tyndale commentary uh, on on the Epistles of John. It's a really helpful little book. Uh, so if that's if that's something that you would find interesting, I would I would consider you grabbing it, um, and you know this is the, just so you know a little bit of get a sense of of who John of who John was uh, in uh, there's a famous a uh, famous pastor uh, Jerome translator of the scriptures uh, and in his commentary on Galatians. Uh, he tells he tells the story uh, of blessed John the Evangelist, an extreme old age at Ephesus. Uh, he used to be carried into the congregation in the arms of his disciples and was a- unable to say anything except little children loved one another. At last wearied that he always spoke the same words, they asked, Master, why do you always say this? Because, he replied, 
It is the Lord's command. And if this only is done, it is enough. Little children love one another. It is the Lord's command. And if this only is done, it is enough. And that really is the heart, I think, of of 1 John. Uh, What we find here is 1 John really is a a letter about... um, It's about the gospel and the ends of the gospel. And what is the point of the gospel? And the point of the gospel, he says, right at the beginning, is is fellowship. This whole book is the joy of fellowship. Uh, Which is why, you know, I titled our our conversation series, Joy Us, U-S, not, not, you know, I spelled it wrong intentionally. Um, Conversations on living life with God and one another. That, that's really what 1 John is, is all about. Uh, it, is, it is about this fellowship with God, fellowship with one another. In the end of the gospel, John really argues uh, is, is fellowship. And we're going to get there in this initial, this initial conversation here. Um, he says, you know, th- this fellowship is eternal joy. So the goal and the proclamation of the gospel, it's not conversion, it's not salvation, it's fellowship. And that, that's a really important thing, especially for, for people who have kind of grown up in this, um, maybe in a church culture, in an evangelical church culture, um, where we, we tend to think oftentimes that the end of the gospel is conversion, like that's kind of the whole point. Of preaching the gospel, but that's not it. It's it, it is fellowship. That's where joy is made complete. John says it's in fellowship with with one another and with God, and, and that's that's a radical that is a radical concept. That's what, <laughs> as as I've as I've spent time now processing this, I can't tell you enough how how radical this idea is. Um, it really. It really does come down to us loving God and loving one another. That it, it, it is that important and it is that central. And, and we, we have to figure out how to love one another better. And not just people in the, who are part of our congregations, who are part of our missional communities, but the people in our neighborhoods, the people in, in our towns, the people in our state, the people who we consider to be enemies. All of those people, we have to figure out how to love because that is the whole point of the gospel. The whole point of the gospel is fellowship. And, uh, and so we, <laughs> we, we, have, we, we, have to, we have to figure it out. Uh, the early church lived this out. It, it, is, what, it is what marked them. And, you know, the, the way the Roman Empire talked about the followers of Christus. Uh, is that they couldn't believe these atheists because they didn't believe in, you know, they, they denied Caesar as, as a god, so they referred to him as atheists, but they couldn't believe how well they cared for one another. They, and they lived out this caring for one another. Um, and, uh, and so what, what we see, uh, what we see throughout this text is, is John kind of applying uh, three tests over and over and over again to how we love. Um, it's the, the moral test, the social test, and the doctrine test. 
uh, and he kind of applies those throughout. And, and, we'll, and we'll come back to those each week as we as we look at the various passages. Um, but but see if you can, as you read through, as you read through First John, see if you can identify where where he hits those. Uh, so the moral test is righteous living. You know, living living righteously. Um, John is not one who minces words, so he says, you know, all kinds of things, you know, like don't sit, like you, no, you know, you're not going to sin anymore. Uh, it's it's kind of black and white stuff with John. Uh, the second one is the social test. How do we how do we love people? How do we love one another? And then the third test is this doctrine test. You know, how do we believe? How do we love God? Where where are we where are we in in with that? Um, and so. So he kind of repeats these and applies these throughout uh, this this little letter. Um, so the letter uh, is is kind of structured around uh, seven seven moves. Uh, first in verses one through four, we kind of have his preface, uh, and then in one chapter one verse five through chapter two two, uh, we get this uh, intro, really kind of an introduction of the of of his message. That he develops the rest of the way through the whole letter, uh, then uh, we get uh, an application of the tests, uh, the moral test, the social test, the doctrinal test, um, which is obedience, love, and belief. We we see those there uh, in the rest of chapter two, just about chapter two, verse three through twenty-seven. Then you get a second application of the tests in two twenty-eight through four six. Uh, and then the fifth move is a third application of tests, chapter 4, verse 7 through 5, 5. Uh, the sixth move, uh, we see uh, what, what, you, what we will call, uh, what Stott refers to as the three witnesses in the, in the, in the assurance of salvation. Uh, and then the, the final move, the, the closing, is uh, just some affirmations that, that John gives us. So we are, so we're kind of on our way here. Um, and so what you are going to see for each passage, um, you're going to see a couple of things you will see, uh, in each document, the five questions, right? Um, what do you, what do you like? What do you think is important? What don't you like? What don't you, or what don't you understand? What do you learn about God? What do you learn about us? And, and what do we need to do? How do we need to respond? Um, and and the great thing with this being an, an epistle, a letter, is, is that those questions work really, really well with every passage. And, uh, and so even, if, even as, you're, as you're preparing to teach for your week, if you just spend some time processing through those questions, that's gonna be, that really is going to be uh, enough to lead a great conversation. And, um, and you, can, you, know, you can ask those questions and you can roll. Uh, but having thought through them on your own is going to be is going to be really important. Uh, but but along with that, you're going to see uh, in each for each passage uh, something called the FCF, which is the fallen condition focus. In every passage, uh, really in every passage in Scripture, uh, as we study it, what we're able to see is something. Uh, regarding kind of humanity's fallen condition, you know, where where are we broken? And 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 the scripture speaks to that, and it opens that up, and it opens our eyes to that. It's uh, some people might call that uh, exposing the need, right? In a in a regular in a teaching session, uh, Polly knows this. You 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 
to teach well, you need to expose the need. You need to show the person who's learning why they need to know this. And, uh, and that's kind of what the, the following condition focuses. It's an exposure of the need. What is, what is the issue at stake here that, that we need to deal with? But it doesn't stop there. There's also a Christ's redemptive purpose in each passage that, that, we're, that we're trying to, uh, that, that we need to identify. And this is where, uh, this, is, this is how the gospel answers the fallen condition. How does the gospel answer the brokenness uh, in, in, our, in our state of being with God? Um, and, uh, and, then I'll, and then I'll throw in some other, you know, some other commentary in, into these passages to just kind of help you uh, grab some, uh, grab some context. So for First John chapter one verses one through four, uh, the the fallen condition focus is that. Well, hold on. Before I get there, let me read it. Right, First uh, John chapter one verses one through four. Uh, he opens his letter. And he says, "That which was from the which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched." This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. All right, so you can already begin to see uh, this fellowship thing uh, begin to begin to come out. Um, so the fallen condition, folks, that I've identified in this passage uh, is that we believe we can flourish on our own. Uh, you know, there is there is in so much of Western uh, society and American culture this this idea of of doing things on our own, and uh, and you know, uh, John here says. We pro in verse three. We proclaim to you that we have seen what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. It is not about being alone. It is about fellowship. It is about a deep connection with one another, um, and and that's the Christ redemptive purpose. That Christ calls us into community, which is the context for for flourishing. We cannot flourish on our own. Human flourishing cannot be done. Cannot be accomplished as individuals. Uh, Christ calls us into community, which is the context for flourishing. We flourish together, right? We flourish together, not alone. And, and John is setting this whole scene up. Uh, so the complete joy that he talks about here in verse 4, we, we write this to make our joy complete. And our here can be uh, inclusive, uh, it's an inclusive R, uh, our, uh, you know, inclusive of both the author and the hearer. Uh, but, but uh, you know, Stott argues that, that it's probably uh, the writer's focus. Um, but the idea here is that their joy, that, that John and, and those who are with him, he wants their joy to be complete because, he, because it's only complete in the context of fellowship and community and he wants to include all of these people to whom he's writing. Uh, so uh, the complete joy is the fellowship that John wanted to share with the church. The joy is not rooted in conversion, but in deep connection and relationship. Okay? So uh, those, that's, that's important. 
Um, some other some other things here. Notice all of the um, notice all of the sensory words, right? Uh, John here is making it very clear that he is an eyewitness, that he was up close, he was personal, right? Uh, we have seen with our eyes, looked at, and our hands have touched. Uh, now this, this, our hands have touched. Uh, it's it's it has the sense of groping, um, like a blind man. You know, you've you've seen you've seen movies, right, where the blind person, um, you know, is touching the other person's face. That kind that that's the idea here. It's like we've we, we've we've touched, we've held, we've we've felt with an intensity to to gain to gain knowledge and connection uh, with with Christ. And so uh, they, they, you know, so you've got touched, seen, heard. Um, I mean, this is, this is an embodied connection to Jesus. This is not, uh, this is not some disembodied thing like, like we experience, right? As much as we want to say, uh, you know, that our, that our experience has, is embodied, uh, our knowledge of Jesus is at a distance. Our knowledge at G- of Jesus is is through words, it's through teaching, it's through spiritual and mystical experience. John is saying his his fellowship with Jesus was was in the flesh. It was touch. It was see. It was it was feel. It was it was visceral. Um, and so he is not speaking from a position of distance. He is speech, speaking from a place of, of complete and utter intimacy. Uh, with Jesus. So you want to, as you're teaching, you're going to want to make sure that, that you highlight uh, these, these sensory words. Um, then you have uh, in verse 1, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. This idea of the word of life, it, is, um, it gives life. Right? It is life-giving. It, and this idea of life-giving is human flourishing. This idea of life that we see throughout uh, John's epistles uh, and even in the Gospel of John is very connect, very deeply connected to uh, the Hebrew conception of shalom, which is a wholeness, a peace, a um, a deep abiding human flourishing, humans being who we ultimately are. Uh, that's that's what we're getting at here with this word of life idea. Um, we we can't you, know, you almost can't overestimate um, uh, this this importance. So uh, and then you have you know in verse two right we have seen it and testify to it uh, this life this life giving this word of life uh, which is we proclaim to you the eternal life. Which is with the Father and appeared to us. So you have you have Christ, you have Jesus, who is the embodiment of eternal life. And the way we know this life is going to be in fellowship. You see, eternal life, yeah, it's it's you know, it's it's heaven or whatever, it's the afterlife, it's you know, life goes on. But ultimately, where eternal life is experienced in the here and now is in the community and fellowship of believers. That drives this entire letter. 
it drives this entire letter. Because as we have fellowship with one another, then we have fellowship with God. Right? It's very, very difficult to have fellowship with an invisible being. Whether we want to admit it or not. That's just the reality. Um, if God is real, and obviously, you know, we believe He is, um, he's, he's not physical. There's not a physical manifestation of God apart from the fellowship and community of believers. We are the physical manifestation of God. We are, because the Holy Spirit indwells us. This is, this is the idea of incarnation, folks. All right. It's not that we are God. Please, please, uh, you know, don't don't hear that. I'm not saying we're God, right? But we we are we are practicing and living the incarnation, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The third person of the Trinity lives in us, and so as we fellowship with one another, we are also fellowshipping with God. This is why C.S. Lewis says, you know, the the most holy. The most holy thing you come in contact with, the most sacred thing you come in contact with, apart from, uh, apart from the Eucharist, is your neighbor. Because they're created in the image of God, and if, and they and they bear in them uh, the, the spirit of God. So, uh, so this is why we we you know <laughs> the the end goal of the gospel, the point of the gospel, the point of eternal life, the point of knowing, knowing who this Jesus is, is fellowship. Human flourishing in the context of fellowship, relationship, redeemed relationships. This is what it's all about. And this is where, this is where the rest of this letter is going. So uh, that's, that's kind of this opening passage here. Uh, in First John uh, chapter one verses one through four, and uh, as you spend some time processing and studying, hit me up with questions. Let me know uh, thoughts. Let's let's engage and uh, let's let's go back and forth on the conversation because uh, I I'm teaching this week uh, at the Creekside Missional Community, and so it'll be helpful for me to to engage in some back and forth with you guys uh, for my own for my own help uh, for my own sake, and uh, also as I as I preach uh, and teach uh, Sunday morning at, at peace. So, all right, uh, I will get a little bit of this written up, uh, some summary thoughts into that, into that document in the Google Drive as well. And um, uh, I'm planning on getting some of these things, the, the fallen condition focus, Christ's redemptive purpose, uh, into, into these, passage, into these uh, notes very early on. Uh, so you can already begin thinking uh, about them before you even get to this Monday morning uh, time here uh, in this in this coaching podcast. So, all right, um, I think that's it, guys. Uh, thanks for the time, and uh, and I look forward to to connecting with you uh, through the course of the week. Remember, you are deeply loved, and uh, yeah, I'm grateful for each of you. All right, we'll talk. <laughs>